This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to Dennis Wolf, TK-8112, of our German garrison. Dennis passed away on February 8th and is survived by his wife and little daughter. And to Richard Geiger, TB-1866, retired from Garrison Carita, who passed away on February 14th. Rest in peace, troopers. We found the computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned for global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion Vader's Fist. This is episode 101 for March 2017. And here are your hosts, myself, Nikki, DZ8397. I'm Joe, SL12743. Marcus, TK14057. And hello, this is Jamie, Diamond Dog, Tobit. TK 67076 in the Imperial Sands Garrison. Yeah, thanks for joining us this episode, Jamie. Glad to be here. So the 501st Legion is currently at 10,632 members with 19,097 approved costumes in the Legion. We're almost at that one to two ratio there. I'm really hoping for that. Everyone needs two costumes. Got it? (laughs) I'm getting such that I'm going to have to get a second costume done. The Emperor needs a new cloak. (laughs) So this episode, we share Legion election results, celebrate our newest, oldest member, visit several hospitals, and spend some time combing the desert. So stay tuned. As many of our listeners, especially those who are members, know, February is when the yearly Legion elections take place. The month starts with nominations, then there's a question and answer period, and finally voting. Then on March 1st, all of the newly elected officers, at all levels, Legion, Garrison, Outpost, Squad, and Detachment, assume their new or returning roles. So we would like to wish a hearty thanks for your service to LCO Brian Messarch, CC2390, and LXO Gary Hales, T. K2739, as they have completed their terms, and a hearty welcome to the new LCO, Dan Rodriguez, TX2452, and a name familiar to many, LXO Albin Johnson, TK210, as they start their term. Be sure to offer all four gentlemen a round if you see them at celebration. Also, congrats to all of the new and returning garrison and outpost commanding officers, squad leaders, and detachment leaders. This is our 20th anniversary year, and I'm sure with the help of all the volunteers who've stepped up to serve, it will be a fantastic one. We have a huge list of new CRLs for you this episode. Our armored cavalry detachment made a major change to their ADAT driver CRL. In a debate older than is the dress blue-black or white-gold, there was the debate of the color of the ADAT driver's armor. Although many of the toys manufactured made them white, it's actually a light gray. So now the reference photos on the ADAT driver CL reflect that. But fear not, if you have custom components already purchased, basic approval still allows for white-colored hard parts, but level 2 approval requires gray only. Although you're not permitted to mix and match, 
So as always, do your research first. Armored Cavalry Detachment has also completed the Imperial Combat Assault Tank Driver from Rogue One CRL. Both the Commander and Grunt versions are now approvable by GMLs. Our Sovereign Protectors Detachment made some updates to their Royal Guard CRLs to bring them up to date, and some of the wording has been clarified. For Return of the Jedi Guards, mirrored visors are no longer allowed. For Return of the Jedi, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith, there have been some updates to the types of materials allowed, color and style of boots, and details on robe construction. As always, do your research on the detachment forums first before making any investment in time or money on a costume so that we can help you avoid disappointment. The Imperial Officers Corps Detachment has two new CRLs for GML approval. High Moth Morlish Veed from the Legacy Comments, and for those who want to build a Death Star Rogue One's Director Krennic, Nicely done, IOC. The uh, Sith Lord Detachment, a uh, group that I'm familiar with, made a bunch of changes to the original Kylo Ren CRL, which was to be expected as more images came out over time. Garrison membership liaisons should be mindful of the changes when reviewing new applicants, and the full change log can be seen on the Sith Lord Detachment forums. Two of the biggest changes are the midcoat is now optional, and the lightsaber is no longer optional. Also, now that the CRL was updated, a separate CRL for the Starkiller base version of Kylo Ren is live. Of course, we'll have links to all of these in our show notes. Spec Ops Detachment finished up the CRL for the complicated and detailed Imperial Death Trooper or AWR Trooper from Rogue One. Great to see that one is ready for GML approval. And it's hard to believe, but the Jawas never had a CRL listing until now. Or at least the CRL listing was there, but there was no photos. Obviously, GMLs have been able to approve this costume since I've been in the Legion for like 10 years now. But the image sets to each of the components for the costume were never completed. So thanks to Crate Clan for uploading the photos for all the required costume parts, including the main photo, gloves, and hood. Crate Clan also finished the Barada CRL. So we have another skiff guard. I know we talked about one of them in a previous episode. And they updated the A New Hope male Tusken Raider CRL with a new, bigger, and better main image. And last but not least, Crate Clan now includes the Bith. So if you've been hankering to be a Bith Cantina denizen, that costume is now ready for GML approval. Again, you can check out links to all of these new goodies in our show notes. And thanks again to Legion Membership Officer Eric, TK9674, for these announcements. Well, as we've talked about, well, I should say, as you all have talked about a few times on the 501st cast, which I have been a listener for for many years, the 501st Legion embarked upon an unprecedented international partnership with Make-A-Wish when we started our endowment fund. This fund, which we had five years to fill, is 80% of the way there already. We recently hosted an internal patch drive and generated $7,560. Our members are so generous, and the option to buy swag doesn't hurt either. Our public donation page is, of course, still open, so if you're able to make a donation to fund the endowment, please head to the webpage that is listed in our show notes. Star Garrison's Central Texas squad has a new claim to fame. They are now home to the Legion's oldest trooper. Mercedes DZ-11927 is 90 years old, and her Jawa costume was just approved on March 2nd. 
Mercedes decided to join the 501st because she's long admired the work her grandson, Carlos, TK10567, has done as a member. She chose the Jawa costume for easier mobility, and her first troop in it will be next month at a Boy Scout event. In fact, she will be trooping with her whole family. Her grandson, Carlos, TK10567, his twin sister, Yadira, DZ21612, and their parents, Adela, IC78913, and Carlos, IC31480. We're looking forward to reporting about that troop on a future episode of the 501st cast. Way to go, DZ11927. Congratulations and welcome to the 501st family. That's awesome. That is so cool. (laughs) Yeah, at the moment, she has... Uh, a walker that she walks with. And um, some people were saying, you know, we should get a spare walker and deck it out with like droid pieces as, you know, the <laughs> handles and legs and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to to seeing what they do for her accessories. That would be really cool. Imagine a walker walker, like a, a ATAT walker. That's kind of cool. <laughs> it's AT-AT. AT-AT, that's right. <laughs> we were just spoke about that before we were recording. <laughs> this is Steve Sansweet. TK6590, and you're listening to the 501st cast. Mission reports. On January 28th, four members of Star Garrison's Central Texas Squad joined forces with the Rebel Legion and Galactic Academy to cheer on the runners of the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation Tower Run and Climb in San Antonio. After the run was completed, troopers stayed around and posed for photographs. We'll have a link to a photo collage from this troop in our show notes. Thanks to Paul, DZ27949, for that report. Three troopers from Old Line Garrison and three members from the Rebel Legion paid a visit to John Hopkins Hospital in Baltimore on February 3rd. Legionnaires arrived at 10 a.m. and were greeted and profusely thanked by the welcome staff from the hospital as well as Lucasfilm. They were given a rundown of the day's planned activities, first of which was shooting a promotional video with a young boy. Afterwards, they all went downstairs to mingle and interact with patients, their families, hospital staff, and more. They posed for pictures, handed out toys, and there was even a lightsaber-wielding instruction taught by the Jedi friends. They broke for a wonderful lunch that was provided for them, and then geared up again and split up into two groups to do individual room visits. It was a little saddening to see some of the children and their families in various states of pain, but for a few hours, there was no pain. There was no fear. And even just for a little while, those feelings of sadness were replaced with smiles and joy and tears of gratitude. So well done, troopers. On Saturday, February 4th, the Mandalorian Mercs invited members of the 501st's Northeast Remnant, Rebel Legion's Echo Base, and the Empire Saber Guild to attend the Embrace Kids Foundation Star Wars Party hosted by Robert Wood Johnson's University Hospital. Members of the four organizations were brought together for the third year in a row for Star Wars fun. The event has nearly doubled since its first year and has seen new attendees as well as the return of regulars. Costumers were provided two classrooms to change in which they somehow managed to squeeze all 50 members into. They marched out to the party area with the Imperial March playing and then mingled with the crowd, taking photos and having fun. There was a Star Wars backdrop for photos and plenty of excited children. About halfway through the event, members were asked to make room visits for the children who were too ill to make it to the party. 
Legionnaires were happy to have this chance to appear again and bring happiness to the kids and their families, and hope to make it even bigger next year. We'll have a link to a video made of the event in our show notes. Thanks to Kevin, IC71689, for that report. Well, I get the unique opportunity to read a mission report that I wrote. It was part of. This was on the same day, on February 4th, but on the other side of the United States, the members of the Imperial Sands Garrison hosted an event with members of the Southern California Garrison, Dune Sea Garrison, Neon City Garrison, Golden Gate Garrison, and the Mexican Garrison. Other clubs invited included the three different Mandalorian mercs from the area and two Rebel Legion bases. This was indeed a multi-garrison, multi-club, and multinational event. This took place out in the Buttercup Ranger Station in the Imperial Dunes, uh, Sand Dunes of Southern California, down in the very bottom of California, mere miles from the Arizona and the Mexican borders. This was an event that was put on by the Federal uh, Bureau of Land Management, and they called it Discover the Desert. Uh, you might wonder why they had a big event out in a big sand dune, but it was a public event. They come out and they play in the dunes, and they go out and, and be using um, BLM sand buggies to the actual location where they filmed the Return of the Jedi, Jabba's Barge, and the Sarlacc Pit. That's why they had it out there. There were photo opportunities throughout the day. In fact, uh, when you look at our show notes, there's some really uh, clever photos that they've, they've uh, posted. And if you know where to look, several people were able to find artifacts of wood, foam, and plaster in the sand left over from the exploding barge all of those years ago. I'll tell you a little secret. The BLM, when they take you out, they tell you this is where the barge is, but some of us know that's not the actual place. And, and we went over the dunes to the place where the barge really was and were able to scoop up several pieces of foam and plaster. The day was topped off by a, a large screen outdoor movie under the desert sky. And the weather really couldn't have been much more perfect. Uh, the Imperial Sands Garrison hosted a large snack table for all the hungry troopers, plus the parents of one of the ISG members, her name's Jazz, uh, DZ4622. They very generously donated and cooked up hot dogs and hamburgers for all of the customers. So check out the links at the show notes. Uh, you really There's a couple of shots there with a, um, a prop that Leslie Farquhar and her husband Paul and some of the other guys at ISG made up of giant combs for combing the desert that you may recall from Spaceballs. Anyway, that's my own report. So that was kind of cool that I could give my own report. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to um, a podcast um, that the two hosts were there and they were talking about that event. Oh, was that the, uh, um, it's like the skywalking? Uh, yeah, th through Neverland, yeah. Yes, yeah, they, they they were there. I was working our 501st booth, and they came up and introduced themselves to us yeah. and uh, interviewed our uh, our other uh, PRO. So, oh, wow. Yeah. I actually, uh, I actually uh, uh, know the hosts uh, for a little bit. We've met a couple of times. They live in Long Beach, so that's um, it's a bit of a drive for them. I, I live not too far it from was, them. Well, and we even had people that drove all the way down from the Golden Gate Garrison. Um, and uh, from Las Vegas, from the Neon City, so it was. Wow. I mean, there was a it was a big group, and uh, the you know just going to the sand out there is just so unique. Like you, if you walk out there, you just can tell it just looks like you know the Return of the Jedi um, scene because it it was the Return of the Jedi scene. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, if anyone's out there and you want to know where the uh, the the actual site is, where you can find some more artifacts, you have to buddy up with someone from the Imperial Sands Garrison. Good to know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so now the you call them the Imperial Dunes. 
are they like actually called Imperial Dunes? Because don't you have like the Imperial County or something out there? Yes, it is actually called it is called the Imperial Dunes. It's a, a federal uh, park. I think it's federal, and um, and that's because it's in Imperial County, and that's also part of the reasons why we called our garrison the the Imperial Sands Garrison. I just love it. <laughs> that's a good name. <laughs> yeah, we like it. Empire City Garrison visited the children's wing of Stony Brook University Hospital on Long Island, New York, on Thursday, February 16th, from 1 to 2, 3 p.m. David, TD6513, Chris, TB6744, Jim, TK61375, Ron, SL5928, Anthony, IG10666, and John, TI42070, from the ECG were there. They visited a number of rooms in the children's wing, taking photos with the kids and their families, and handing out some trading cards, coloring books, and citations for the kids and staff. The staff throughout the hospital were excited and appreciative for our visit. They also took a trip down to the burn unit as well to visit a special young girl who was happy to see our trooper. They greeted passers-by on the way there and back in the hall and on the elevator. It was an incredibly profound and rewarding experience for all, and they were all proud to bring smiles to kids' faces who were going through a tough time. Thanks to Chris TV 6744 for that report. On Saturday, February 18th, six troopers from our Costa Rica outpost attended the I'm Very Brave party hosted by Project Nainu, a charity project focused to help children with cancer with their needs. It was also a celebration of International Cancer Awareness Day, and 75 kids attended the party. It was bittersweet that there were so many children attending. This is one of those occasions where you would rather there were less attendees. It was also bittersweet as it was the last mission for Costa Rica Outpost. They are now Costa Rica Garrison. Congratulations, troopers. We'll have a link to a Facebook photo album from this troop in our show notes. And thanks to Grand Admiral Ed, AR5494, for that report. Our Columbia Outpost also has a hospital troop. They went on February 18th with several active and future members, they were able to bring joy to kids with cancer and heart issues. So good work to Columbia Outpost as well. Yeah. And on February 24th, the Old Line Garrison attended Cub Scout Pack 169's Blue and Gold Dinner. They arrived at 6 p.m. and were assigned two scouts to help them. Laid out for them in their changing room was a cooler full of water and soda, several snacks and sandwiches. There was even a tray of goodie bags with homemade Star Wars candies and cupcakes. After the scouts and their guests finished dinner, the troopers made their way to the stage and were introduced. After introductions, they mingled with the crowd, posed for photos, and watched the scouts perform several Star Wars-themed skits. I love scout skits. They're great. (laughs) After the skits, they were called back to the stage, so Mara Jade and ID13621 could present the scouts with trophies for their Pinewood Derby. Finally, Legionnaires were tapped as judges for the Friends of Scouting cake auction. The Rebel Legion chose an R2-D2-themed cake, the Empire chose a Chewbacca cake, and the Mandalorians chose a cake representing one of their own being consumed by a Sarlacc. (laughs) Now there's a cake. One of the auction winners was gracious enough to share his spoils and gave each character a cookie from the platter he had won. Full of sugar and goodwill, troopers headed back to D-Suit, knowing the evening was a great success. And there are uh, photos of the event on our show notes. 
I miss scouting. I was in Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts back in the day, and uh, the Pinewood Derby especially was my favorite thing. And imagine, yeah. imagine back in the uh, early '80s, you know, we didn't have Star Wars characters visit us back then, and uh, and I kind of, I kind of wish I was a kid all over again, just so I could go through that. That's, that's a lot of fun. Well, I know a lot of troop, a lot of uh, garrisons are doing a lot of these blue and gold dinners, so hopefully, get an opportunity to to get out and interact with the with the scouts. Absolutely. Speaking of which, uh, Empire City Garrison visited a local Cub Scout PAX Blue and Gold Dinner. Their visit on February 26th was to PAC 121 in Greenwood Lake, New York, thanks to an invite from the Rebel Legion's Echo Base. The Mando Mercs, Empire Saber Guild, and fellow 501st Northeast Remnant Garrison attended as well. ECG members arrived at noon and were suited up by 1 p.m. when the ceremony started. The event was to start with a skit in which the Emperor Palpatine uh, spoke to all of the Cub Scouts and had a lightsaber battle with a Jedi. There was a bit of uh, technical difficulty when the Star Wars intro video wouldn't play on the big screen, but it was resolved and the curtain unveiled all of the Star Wars characters. That's when the Scouts and dinner attendees went nuts at the sight of all their friends from a galaxy far, far away. After the Emperor's skit, all the characters departed the stage and posed for photos with the Scouts and their families. Our favorite Imperials were a huge hit. The dinner attendees couldn't get enough photos with them. The event lasted for about an hour, and the scouts, families, and scoutmasters couldn't thank our members enough. A shout-out and congratulations to ECG member Richard, IN72129, on his first troop. Thanks to Anthony, TK10666, for that report. Outerim Garrison once again participated in the annual stair climb to fundraise for the BC Lung Association and bring awareness to lung health. Participants have to raise a minimum of $150 in order to stair climb up the 48th floor Sheraton Wall Center Hotel in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Since 2013, TD9815 has been stair climbing in his armor on behalf of the garrison. Every year, more troopers join the team. Eventually, Team 501st started, a strike team specialized in high-rise entry. The team is composed of 501st members who want to challenge themselves physically and mentally and at the same time give back to the local community. As of 2015, TD9815 has traveled to other cities and other buildings to stair climb in armor, including the U.S. Bank Tower in L.A. and the Sears Tower in Chicago. Fellow Midwest Garrison Matt Fristak, TK8596, also stair climbs with TD9815 at Skyrise Chicago. This year, the Garrison also hosted a Legion charity photo booth in the main ballroom where the stair climb start line is located. Many participants and family members were thrilled to donate to have photos with our troopers. They were able to raise just over $80 for the two-hour period of the appearance time. Overall, 14 garrison members attended. Five of them were stair climbers. The team numbers are as follows. Steve, TK42200, trail runner and cross for training. This is a second year climbing. Rihanna L, TK56834, mostly hiking. This is her first year stair climbing. Chris B, TK82997, works in construction, miners, and skiing. Going up and down the stairs is not a problem. We'll be climbing in full stormtrooper armor. James, Imperial Cadet, ice hockey player, currently undergoing Imperial training with a garrison, first year climber. And Eve H, TD9815, stand up paddling and trail running. Official registered as a stair climber athlete. Fifth year in stair climbing in full sand trooper armor. The objective for the entire team is to stair climb 48 floors of the Sheridan Wall Center Hotel at their own time. Complete the obstacle course and stair climb by both Eve and Steve. 
Eve does it in armor. Stair climb two more times by Eve. One of the times must be within eight minutes. One of them must be in armor. Overall, the team fundraised $1,468. We'll have a link to the photos as well as a video of the obstacle course in our show notes. Thanks to Eve TD9815 for that report. Wait, he did it twice and an obstacle course? Yeah. Have, have you checked out the video? It's been going around on Facebook of him doing the obstacle course in I'm, his armor. I will be looking at that shortly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always it's get like, nervous in my armor just going up a couple of steps. I can't even, I can't even, I can't even, no. <laughs> <laughs> and this is, this is his fifth consecutive year doing this particular tower. Plus, um, as Marcus said, he's gone to other cities to do stair climbing. This is like his, his niche. He's our yeah. sand trooper stair climber. Now, well, good on him. <laughs> <laughs> so Eli is a 10-year-old boy from the Philippines. And like most boys, Eli lived an active life. He played basketball and video games. He loved singing and dancing. He was also an honor student. Shortly before his ninth birthday, Eli was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia, an aggressive type of cancer with a 30% survival rate. To date, he has undergone three chemotherapy sessions, which unfortunately his body is resisting. Because of his story, Eli has been featured on local news channels, and many people have been inspired by his fight against cancer. A big Star Wars fan, Eli requested his friends, the troopers of the 501st Legion, to visit him after each of his three chemo sessions. March 3rd was the Philippine garrison's third time visiting Eli. Through the help of the For the Win project, they were able to get a special private video message from Jedi Master Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill. The video was filmed and edited by Lucasfilm themselves. Eli was so overwhelmed by the video production, and he couldn't believe the famous movie star was sending a message directly to him. Eli wants to donate his own Xbox to a children's hospital so they can enjoy playing video games like he does. We'll have links to Eli's Facebook page and GoFundMe page in our show notes so you can share his story on Facebook and send good vibes and prayers through the will of the Force. Thanks to O'Neill, TK1330, for that report. Boy, that, that's what we do it for, right? Absolutely. That's what it's about. That's, that's right. That's, that's awesome. Great. Well, we have a, a nice report from a Garrison we haven't heard much from, the Diamond Garrison. This was a report from March 4th. They had two troopers, TK30891 and TK21010, participated in the annual Community Strikes Back bowling fundraiser. It was in Fort Smith, Arkansas. The event brought in over $5,500 for the Kiwanis Club. Great job, troopers. I look forward to getting more mission reports from the Diamond Garrison. And I forgot to note that was from Tracy. I forgot to look up his TK ID, but thank you, Tracy, for, for sending that in. On the morning of March 4th, five troopers from Empire City Garrison once again attended the Special Olympics Polar Plunge at North Hempstead Beach Park on Long Island. This event helps sponsor Special Olympic events throughout the year, and they were very pleased to have the 501st attend. Jared TS24790 had his new snow trooper, which could not have been more appropriate for the cold weather, and it was extremely cold and breezy that day, hovering between zero and 
and 20 degrees. But the ECG troopers were real troopers and managed the cold by taking a number of breaks to warm up. But they were freezing for a reason, so that helped. They took photos with attendees, both young and old, and also handed out citations and play Empire money to kids and adults. ECG will be braving the cold again for three more polar plunges this year, Oyster Bay on March 12th and March 18th, and one in Cedar Beach on November 18th. We'll have a link to some photos in our show notes. Thanks to Chris, TB6744, for that report. This is Admiral Will Huff-Talk and asking you to listen to the 501st cast. Otherwise, we'll steer the Death Star in your direction. Upcoming events. All right, well, on Saturday, March 11th, the Imperial Sands Garrison will be hosting one of the biggest and most unique and popular troops in all of the southwest of the United States. The Naval Air Facility in the desert town of El Centro, California, is putting on their annual air show to debut the famous Blue Angels 2017 season. Over 50,000 local guests are expected to come and enjoy the free show and the many displays, including, of course, a multi-garrison and multi-club showing from the 501st Legion, Rebel Legion, Mandalorian Mercs, and the R2 Builders from all over Southern California and Arizona. The crowd's response to the Star Wars costumes at the air show is like no other troupe. You really, you can't take 10 steps before you ask for a photo and then the line starts to form. At the last year's event, we had several ISG members who are also part of the Mandalorian Mercs build custom Mandalorian suits that were inspired and painted to match the blue, yellow, and white colors of the Navy's Blue Angels, and they will be returning again this year. So we'll stay tuned for a full post-event report from ISG and future episodes of the 501st cast. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Yes, I remember the photos from last year. It was pretty impressive. It's, it's great, and we, we, we have special access at the base because one of our public relations officer of the ISG is actually the public affairs officer for the Navy base, and he is uh, largely the, the reason why we've been able to be included at the program. And I, One of my favorite moments was uh, we were spending some time in the officer's lounge. This was uh, after the, the air show, and of course, I had my 501st jacket and everything on, and there were some guys there that had some Blue Angels jackets on, and uh, they were the ground crews for the Blue Angels. And he came over, and he was geeking out at my patches, and I was geeking out at his patches. And <laughs> at, at one point, he says, do you, do you guys do challenge coins and stuff? I go, yeah, yeah, I have one here. He goes, you want to trade for a Blue Angels challenge coin? Oh. like, are you kidding? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you bet. That's why it pays to, bu- to get more than one coin. Uh, That's I, true. That's I, true. I need to get a couple of uh, spares so I can do that. That's awesome. Really cool. I have a I have a couple of navy coins from when I was in, and uh, I wouldn't trade those for anything. <laughs> but then again, they're they're by themselves. I don't have any spares. But I guess that's why you, you get more than one coin. True. So well, the Blue Angels is a huge is all about the publicity, so I'm sure they carry lots of coins. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, I used to uh, when I was in uh, other clubs. I was in the Dark Empire and Saber Guild, and and uh, of course, as of uh, celebration just before Celebration Anaheim, joined the Five First, and. Uh, uh, I had a habit of carrying a, a challenge coin with me. I don't really do that much anymore because I don't troop as often as I used to. But um, I would actually, if I saw someone with a challenge coin and I said, well, here, here's a coin from my club. You want to trade or do you have any you want to trade? That's why I used to do just that. Now I don't really anymore. I have one coin for everything that I've been in. and uh, But I need to get more just so that I can trade up and uh, – 
you know, my old military challenge coins. I don't have any duplicates or anything like that. So uh, it's good for those of our listeners that uh, collect challenge coins. That's why it pays to get more than one. On April 2nd, Garrison Tyrannus will be participating in the Faber First wreath laying at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. Thanks to Dallas TB12687, who is a Tyrannus member, as well as a Tomb Guard, um, we were able to get a spot on the schedule. Dallas is donating the wreath, which the Garrison will then decorate Faber First style. Very exciting and honored that the Faber First will be able to participate in this ceremony. Yeah, I must admit, I didn't realize that that was even a thing. I guess I didn't realize that groups could sign up to lay a wreath. I just always thought it was something that the military did. Yeah, so, same here. Very so cool. it was pretty cool that, that there's uh, special groups that can sign up to to lay down their own wreath. So I'm interested to see how they'll they'll decorate it. So we're going to have a full mini-cast all about the 501st Legion at Celebration in Orlando coming up in a couple weeks. But for this episode, we thought we'd fill you in on what our little sister organization, the Galactic Academy, will be up to. For those who don't know, the Galactic Academy is a kids' Star Wars costuming group for those aged 0 to 17. And it's now 3,000 cadets strong. It's spread across 23 campuses and 20 schools, 53 countries, and 6 continents. All that's needed to join is a love of all things Star Wars and parent permission. It's free to join. At next month's Star Wars Celebration in Orlando, the Galactic Academy will have a fan table on the first floor main exhibit hall, booth 1110. They'll be showcasing their Jawa trading booth, where any kid can trade in found items for exclusive Galactic Academy swag, including Star Wars and Galactic Academy pins, cups, stickers, coloring sets, games, and even one of those exclusive in-demand Star Wars puzzle patches that have become popular the past few celebrations. It's free to participate for all kids. Costume Jawas will be on hand to facilitate swag trades between the adults for even better items. There will be group photos and kids' costumes parade every day at the table at 3.45 p.m. A Buy Kids, for Kids, one-hour panel presentation titled Judge Us by Our Size Do Not is planned, but the day and time is still to be determined, so stay tuned on that. The Galactic Academy will also feature Kid on the Street live streaming interviews from around the convention with our Disney Channel Kids hosts. All kid cadets who pre-register to volunteer at the exhibit table with their cadet protector, which is their name for parent, uh, for a minimum of two hours during the convention will receive an exclusive Gold Academy medal. These will be the talk of the convention. You can check out the Galactic Academy's Facebook page, which we'll have a link to in our show notes for all the details on where to sign up. That's pretty cool. I'll have to make sure I get my kids signed up. Although only one of them is still a Jawa. My older one is now too tall to be a Jawa. Oh, there's no such thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, his particular set of robes, he's outgrown. I could could have made him new robes, but he wanted to be a different character. So now he's a TIE pilot. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm sure you'll be happy about that. I love TIE pilots. (laughs) For more upcoming events, be sure to check out our friends at Roku Depot. That's R-O-Q-O-O-D-E-P-O-T. They publish a data burst from the 501st, which contains upcoming events from as many of our Legion units as they can gather from. That's RokuDepot.com. R-O-Q-O-O-D-E-P-O-T.com. Member shout out.
This episode, we're giving a shout-out to Star Garrison Trooper Jesse, TI-88809. During Star's recent Mardi Gras troop in Houston, Texas, one of their handlers took a tumble off the seawall and injured herself. Jesse, being the hero and the EMT that he is, ripped off his gear as quick as possible and jumped down to make sure she was okay. He must say farewell to his tie costume as it was damaged in his haste to assist, but we are very glad that uh, he was there for her. So thank you for your services, Jesse. Way to go, pilot, and way to go above and beyond. We should also mention that she's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we forgot to talk about that part, but the girl who was injured is okay. Thank goodness. Yes, right. (laughs) As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion, or go to Facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion, or go to Twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. And don't forget, you can listen to this podcast on our website, on iTunes, Stitcher, and the Star Wars Podcasts Android app. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it is Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming group. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. That's it, troopers. Join us next time on the 501st cast. Question, guys. Do you say ATAT or ATAT? Oh, there was like a meme about that recently. I think I saw a meme. I believe the consensus is ADAT. That there's yeah. a, there's something okay. from someone from Lucasfilm called it ADAT. So therefore, all right, that's going at the end, Marcus. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it might. <laughs> Our armored cavalry detachment made a major change to their ATAT driver. Oh my gosh, I just said it. Okay. Are you sure? <laughs>